0: Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 9, entitled Pimento. Caviar uh, of the South, Jim. So I hear, yeah. I think we all know why it's called that, yes. No name game required this time.
1: Oh, I was going to say because, I don't know, <laughs> is Pimento the Yiddish word for vomiting while eating? Because I'm not a huge <laughs> fan myself. Uh, Yeah, I don't know that I've ever had Pimento. I mean, it's okay for a cracker spread, but a pimento sandwich? It's like a cottage cheese sandwich with, like, pickles. Which sounds kind of good. Really? I'm not gonna lie. I love cottage cheese, yeah. I mean, I ate some weird shit as a teenager. Okay. I loved, like, bologna cheese peanut butter roll-ups. <laughs> it's like a Burrito. With those ingredients. That's,
0: that's just because you can roll all those things. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the only reason, the shape of the dish.
1: Well, when you're on the way to like 6'2", six, 6'3", two, six, 250 pounds, it's, you, you don't get I there so. by sitting on your ass and eating eating uh, celery. That's true. You got a pack of protein on. So I'm just saying, pimento, the texture, the taste. Yeah. Small doses for me, just like caviar. Okay. Have you ever had caviar? I have
0: not had caviar, no.
1: The caviar can go fuck itself,
0: too. All right. Caviar of the North, caviar of caviar. <laughs> uh, all right, do we have any information on who? I just made can't get over it. Like anytime
1: I hear someone can say like it's the something of the something, you know, like chicken mm-hmm. of the sea. I, I go back to Anchorman Two, where like bats are the chicken of the cave, cats are the chicken of the railway. <laughs> In the they like can be. Eaten? Th- th- this is your primer for an unfavorable comparison coming coming to you. Okay. Um, like when Jim or someone describes Aaron uh, as a fat Jim, that doesn't make me feel good.
0: Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> the Jim of the I, dumbass. I, I can, That's Aaron. <laughs> I can totally understand that. Uh, <laughs> what, do, what do you know about the people behind this episode?
1: I'm just plagiarizing my hero, Alan Seppenwald. Okay. Because, you know, the man went to the work. Uh, I read it. Uh, and then I'm going to use it on my podcast. He says, this one is written and directed by to- I could have built this up. I guess I said celebrity email, celebrity feedback, Alan Sepinwall. Oh, yeah. You could have lied to all of our listeners. Well, it's not too late. Back up. Uh, Alan Sepinwall <laughs> wrote and said, hey, this one is written and directed by Tom Schnauz, longtime mm. Breaking Bad writer and old friend of Vince Gilligan's. Yeah,
0: part of the Villa gang, for sure. Part of
1: the Villa gang, or the Gould ghoul. Uh, we got some people taking umbrage on the fact that Villigan's getting all the credit and Peter, Peter Gould's getting left out in the cold.
0: Eh, I'm... I think he deserves most of the credit. Oh, frankly, Stoke and the Fires.
1: <laughs> anyway, they worked, worked together in both X-Files and Lone Gunman, uh, and now Breaking Bad. They're just spinoff buddies. All who right. also wrote Nacho earlier in the season. He's the one who gave Gilligan the idea for Breaking Bad in the first place when he told him about a news story involving a man who cooked meth in an RV. Hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, old school. Which cool, is like Billy every gang. meth story ever. <laughs> like, I don't know if that part is unique, but all right. I don't know. Cooking meth in an RV. Hmm. Pretty, pretty smart. Okay. Uh, what did you think of this episode overall? I feel like I've said this a lot of late, but this is the best episode yet. Uh, it is a very successful... Like, we've talked about how this show is capable of doing funny and f- doing poignant and dramatic. Hmm. I feel like this is the most successful fusion yet, where you had, like, uh, Mike was delivering the funny stuff. Yeah. And kind of the badass, cool vibe and then uh and i was satisfied but then when we found out what just a asshole chuck is and that scene and kind yeah of how it, it has us reevaluating what we think about hamlin what we think we know about him absolutely and i want to talk uh quite a bit about that i'm shocked on. that there was something to this hero hito uh <laughs> <laughs> yep the betrayal of chuck yeah sure. yeah mm-hmm. uh i mean so is, I mean, Chuck, I basically is Chuck, Chuck that England? Last... Is Chuck England and Kim is the United States?
0: <laughs> uh, who's Uganda in this? <laughs> like who's Madagascar? Are we are we going to go through every country and assign a character? Well, it know. was a world war, Jim. You're right. There's there's
1: lots of credit and blame to go around. Sure. Uh,
0: yeah, I I think it changes perspective on a lot of things, and we'll talk about that as we get there. Why don't we get into the recap? Sure, let's do it. Uh, because. You know, I disagree with what you said it's It's a fantastic episode across the board. uh we start out with Jimmy and Chuck sitting outside on a bench, and it's it's clear that they're out behind his house uh Chuck's trying to acclimate himself to the e m radiation here mm. uh Jimmy has him kick off his shoes, rub his toes in the grass, and man, that feels good mm-hmm. uh Chuck says that Jimmy should expect a restraining order to be filed against him, and you know this is kind of the beginning of the avalanche of bullshit that flows in against Jimmy, having started this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they head back inside to work on it. Uh, I like, I like, I, I mean, they're really setting us up here for an emotional punch in the gut because it's very touching to see Jimmy out with his brother, helping him along, being so caring when he's driving him to the office, like all of these things
1: that just add up to really having the wind knocked out of you at the end of it. Sure, and they've set it up beautifully because what I realized after this show was over was all this stuff was right in front of us and people had, were were kind of calling things like, you know, Chuck seems really weird in his reaction to Jim. Well, but on the other hand, Jimmy kind of ambushed it and this a surprise. And yeah, every, no, I,
0: I basically called that last episode. I was like, yeah. yeah, Chuck
1: didn't seem happy about that.
0: That law degree.
1: Yeah. We had a bunch of like Jack K, uh, Barry G, Barry Goodman, um, uh the lots of people called it in 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 the feedback yeah. that we didn't get around to reading but i guess for me i just didn't i was looking for the the happy ending with chuck
0: nowhere to be found and
1: they did a lot of things where it seemed plausible either way like hamlin could be the bad guy we really think he is and chuck could take a principled stand like up until the chips fell you really weren't sure uh, and it, it, and it's not like Chuck doesn't have a point either. No, I, I don't totally
0: think Chuck is an asshole for thinking the way he does. I think he should have been more upfront about his feelings with Jimmy from the beginning and it was a mistake and it can only lead bad places.
1: Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know how to phrase the fact that I understand where Chuck's coming from, but what well, but also being completely taken aback by what a personal betrayal it all is yeah yeah like that's not i mean there's so many times where he could have had that conversation mm-hmm. in and, and not let to just uh, clearly hostility like when that that's one of the things where the, where the dam finally broke it broke bad yeah ah. so <laughs> uh yeah oh, I, oh, I definitely was
0: surprised at how fast it happened uh this betrayal i thought was going to come through the form of You know, this case being stolen by Hamlin and like I I could tell that there was something up, but I didn't think it was going to come crashing down immediately the next episode. Yeah. And it shows you that the, the pace of the show is moving pretty quickly. Right. I mean, they've done they've done a lot of groundwork here in other episodes that were doing other things
1: and then they pay it off really quickly. Like it wouldn't totally surprise me if he just as a result went full on Saul Goodman potentially at least with the name change and the like oh you want to chimp with the machine gun I'll show you a chimp with the machine gun on the other hand it wouldn't surprise me if we had a whole season to go because the one thing Mm -hmm. the one thing that's not in favor of the Saul Goodman at least the Saul Goodman as we know him for Breaking Bad is that I feel like that would put an end to the Kim situation
0: with him kind of being a dishonest lawyer, well, a sleazy yeah. lawyer. Yeah,
1: like it's one thing for her to leave Hamlin and Hamlin or continue to have a relationship with him when he is the underdog that's kind of a do-gooder. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe he's a slipping Jimmy of do-gooders, but still, it's another thing to have him just being an amoral lawyer. Uh. I, I don't know. I did, but, but I don't know... I have no idea what season two is going to look like. I guess we'll know. I mean, if if we close with him full on Saul Good, or at least got the name and got the office by the end of next episode, yeah, then we all have our expectations set for what's going on in season two. But mm-hmm. the other thing is maybe this happens because you know Nacho's back in the plot.
0: That's the thing. Turning him into Saul Goodman early and then having him go do go get up to semantics in the criminal world is not a terrible idea either.
1: Yeah, so I I could see that happening. Especially it, that would force its hand too. Like if they had not had if if Chuck and Jimmy were just awesome, and Chuck and Jimmy and Kim were just awesome, mm-hmm. and Nacho came up and screwed it up, like I told that you know my original sin theory. Well, then you'd miss out on all this stuff. If you yeah. do all this stuff beforehand, you get these really awesome dramatic moments. It gives Jimmy more of a sense of agency, and then Nacho comes in. And mm-hmm. it's more of an opportunity complication than it is just a heartbreaking. Oh man! Yeah, being the,
0: forced into
1: some. If only he had he chased want. the fucking Kettlemans, none of this would ever happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're we're at the intro here. There's a urinal with a uh, Better Call Saul matchbook in it, uh, a cigarette, a urinal. Okay, can- I mean it's just, ugh.
1: It, it, yeah. Ugh.
0: No, it was gross. Um, and I, it's it's okay that they did this. I I don't know. I. They've always been very weird with these intros, and I
1: like it. I like it, and then, and it's also. Do you think there's a Salise barometer at play here? What do you mean? They're trying to up the ante. It's something I've been thinking about since I did the podcast with Shane about Banshee. One of the things about Banshee is that the credit sequence subtly changes each episode, and um, you know they're they're almost subliminal changes, but they kind of reflect the general mm. tone and mood of where we're at in a season and the episode. Yeah, And I'm trying to think about, like, you know, the first one is just him cruising around with the lawyer up tag, and then we had mm-hmm. a woman with kind of elegant nails putting cigarettes in the scale of justice, and, like, of late we've gotten tarantulas crawling around, ties, and now yeah. we've got the urinal. Is it getting seedier and seedier? Is, Feels is, like it. Is it is it tracking with the tone, or is it just something that uh, Vince said, hey, go get a bunch of C D E roll footage, and throw a color processor on it, and we will you know d- it was it was assigned to some intern, and it has no relation at all to the the show. It would surprise me if they didn't pay any attention whatsoever to Same what they were here. Doing here, so I've been Same. trying to like what are the clues? what am I trying yeah what am i what am I seeing here?
0: I mean this is Jimmy at a pretty low point Jimmy's being pissed so on yeah. He- he really is and by
1: by a pig fucker and his brother. Well, it turns so. out the brother's the pig fucker. That's the thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know what. We'll talk about Hamlin here in a bit.
1: I'm curious because there's a lot of feedbackers that have completely flipped and they're like, well, since Chuck's the pig fucker, then does that mean Hamlin's good? <laughs> Maybe. We'll I talk don't about know. it. Uh, so let's go to Mike. Can a guy with that kind of knit tie uh, well, in the okay. early aughts be
0: good? You're right. No, he, there's <laughs> it, that's impossible. Uh, Mike gives Stacy and Kaylee the dog that he picked up at the shelter and took to the vet. Uh, in the process, he gets a call about a job. I got to say, I didn't notice this the first time we were out in the backyard, but my God, that's a
1: terrible backyard. It is. I mean, it's... It needs the guy from the Scots commercial to come in there like, feed your lawn! <laughs> feed it! Seed <laughs> it! And it's not... It's not just, like,
0: that there's no grass. Uh, it's like that there are patches of no grass and dead plants. And that's before
1: dogs started and, pissing and shitting. Because let me tell oh, you, yeah, yeah. as a former dog owner, does nothing good to your lawn. No, no. There's overgrown areas. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: some of it's dead, some of it's growing too much. She doesn't take care of it. It's terrible. A b- busted-up trampoline? I mean, mm-hmm. nothing good is happening there. No. Uh, there's d- a tetanus
1: tetanus <sighs> infection waiting to happen.
0: Absolutely. Jimmy argues against the restraining get, order in front of a judge. Hmm?
1: I, I want to talk about a little bit about uh, his relationship with Stacy. Okay. It still feels like there's a layer of standoffishness going on here.
0: Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was just her not wanting a dog. Well, or... I mean,
1: that's, you know, that's always a terrible idea, springing a pet on someone.
0: It's a lot of responsibility. Here's a giant obligation. Hand, yeah, to someone. Having
1: trouble making ends meet. Well, here you go. <laughs> Have fun going somewhere. For a weekend or taking your kid on vacation or anything like that. Yeah. Um. There's something about he, the way he suggested, well, I can keep him in mind and Kaylee can come and visit, visit my place. And kind of her look that like maybe the mm. new thing is she doesn't want Mike her over at Mike's house because she still doesn't fully trust him. Could be. I know yeah. there's just a little bit of distance and maybe that's just because Mike is a gruff, scary dude mm-hmm. and she is still kind of navigating how their relationship has changed since his son died. I think so,
0: and the phone call is A lot of a little weird. Like the way he steps away behind a But great that happened bit.
1: afterwards. And Yeah, it happens right at the end. I right? don't know that I mean you might be right about that too. That If he can increasingly act shady, I, I don't know. I mean, eventually we get to the point where it seems like she comes to his house and she's just like living with her grandpa mm-hmm. uh, by the time Breaking Bad rolls around. So I don't know. But Stacy's dead. <laughs> I don't know. I
0: think they mention.
1: No, I don't think that's true. She, that she's alive. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I don't think that's true. Anyway, Jimmy's arguing against the restraining order in front of a judge. Um, it's It's a good scene. I mean, it's not particularly funny. It's not. It's, it's just two people law. arguing arguing their points, yeah.
1: It seems like Jimmy didn't have to try very hard to win that because it. I got as a layman yeah. that this other lawyer was just being an... I mean, okay, you've got people in a nursing home slash assisted living, which it turns out there's a lot of difference between the two. Uh. But you've got these elderly people that don't have cars and access to transportation, and they don't text, they don't fucking email, and they don't Skype, yeah. and you're saying oh well you know they can they, they just, you just you can meet with them you just can't meet with them at the place they live mm-hmm. like it just seems like it's such obvious bullshit, and the the judge saw it as too and then but Jimmy came in like oh yeah I spoken on fire I feel like the Jimmy could have and just drooled and farted and probably won that motion
0: yeah and Chuck says as much in the next scene, right, right? like right. The, you were always gonna win that there was no reason to even argue it um because he goes over to Chuck's house he finds just a mountain of paperwork that's been sent over by Schweitzer. Is that his name? Schweikert?
1: Uh, yeah, Schweitzer and whatsoever to see where it is. The, I actually wrote it. Sandpiper's this- Lawyers. Yes.
0: Um, s and C, S and c uh, And it prompts Chuck to argue that they should take this case, case to HHM because they just don't have the manpower. They don't have the capital, even if they did want to pursue it. Uh, and after some convincing, Jimmy agrees and suggests, hey, I can get an office next to you, Chuck. Mm-hmm. And there's a little knowing look on his face there that they, they do. I felt like they did just the right amount of not spelling it out, but telling you, yeah, Chuck doesn't really want this. See,
1: here's how stupid I was. I interpret that as like him thinking, oh, we're going to have to fight this battle with Hamlin. Oh, OK. Like Jimmy's going to see this as leverage to get in the thing. And Hamlin hates this guy. So, And plus, it's, you know, they just had the billboard blow up this is going to be a problem. But well, in I, retrospect, it does play. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah.
0: And I had picked up on that at, at the beginning of the last episode, but I didn't know to what end necessarily it was going to go. Like I got that Chuck was a little uneasy with Saul or sorry, Jimmy having this law degree. Sure. And trying to get a job there, but I didn't realize that he would be the impetus for him not getting a job.
1: Yeah. If anything, I thought it was going to be so much at Chuck. It's going to be a soft betrayal. Like, he didn't stick up for him. Yeah. Not the person that's actually ordering the Code Red. I mean.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say that I saw that
1: coming. (laughs) Yeah, because I could see Chuck being the type of guy that's like, you know, he's not going to speak up for you against Mm -hmm. a strong personality like Hamlin.
0: Yeah. And that would make sense. You know, I mean, he's been out of the. He's been out of the pipeline for a while. Yeah. Hamlin and the other partners could ostensibly push him. We kind kinda of out yeah, of it
1: feels like the, the decision making process. He is kind of the odd man out. I mean, it's yeah. it's Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill, so he's already ganged up on. He's got double the and Hamlin. He's kind yeah. of got the weird, eccentric and kind of nerdy law nerd thing going on that maybe uh, and, and Hamlin's kind of like the star the star quarterback of, of high school. They've got like this interesting dynamic, but it turns with the out the ringlets. <laughs> yep yep it, but it turns out that it's it's kind of the opposite it feels like that mcgill it feels like chuck is the one that's calling the shots he's the one pulling the strings
0: yeah and and jimmy later on lays down the case you know everybody loves you there sure uh, you're kind of the guy with the most uh leverage here if you pull out the company goes under so i like I don't know what the the split of the partnership is. I would assume that Hamlin, Hamlin, and McGill have thirty three ish percent, but I know there have to be other partners.
1: Yeah, there there are. There are likely named, you got other named partners. partners, partners, junior partners, yeah. associates, and then on down. So I. So who who really knows here? Yeah,
0: uh, they haven't given us enough information to determine a how many partners there are, uh-huh. and b what what any kind of ownership looks like. Right. Anyway, um when jimmy falls asleep chuck goes outside and he uses jimmy's cell phone to make a call we don't know who it's to at this point but we find out later that it was to hamlin
1: well and i this is the scene where i started being like oh something's not right here yeah yeah they're i i i'm pretty sure that that meant that jimmy's gonna get fucked yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. didn't know exactly how it was, but I, I thought that that was going to be a problem. I
0: thought maybe Chuck was going to try and take the case from him because you didn't. And feel I kept like waiting Jimmy for was... the, I
1: kept waiting for the ball to drop because, like, I thought at first it was just going to be an insulting offer, and then it's like, yeah. yeah. But I then when they started talking about the office, yeah, it that's brutal, man.
0: Yep. uh Let's go back to Mike for what I think is one of the better scenes in this entire episode. Uh, Mike's waiting for his his contact to show up in the parking garage. And two other bodyguards come up and join him. One is a fucking mountain. Yeah. This guy is huge. I mean, I looked up... Jonathan Banks is like 5'8", ish. So he's a little bit shorter than me. This guy must be like 6'8". I don't know if he's that tall. I mean, the the other other bodyguard, the third one, the Uh gun guy, Uh was five inches taller than Mike. Sure, And this guy was like a... I mean Mike didn't even come up to his shoulders. That's yeah, how no. big this guy
1: was. I think it's six yeah, it's whatever, six six, six eight. He's a he, big guy. He's huge. He's a man mountain. He's huge, he is. Isn't I, that what the guy called him? Yeah, I think Villigan's got a thing for these
0: like oddly shaped people. Like just surprisingly shaped people, you know? Sure. I mean we've got Huel, who is a mountain of his own. You've mm-hmm. got this guy. I, I think he just likes the visual of having uh, a disparity between sure.
1: multiple people in a scene. And, I, and the fact that I enjoy Mike it too. gets I think the it's upper funny. hand on that is makes it all the sweeter.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So this guy's hassling about not having brought a gun to a protection job. And then uh, he tries to get him fired when the contact finally shows up. Mike beats the guy's ass, takes all his guns. <laughs> uh, the other bodyguard, the mountain man, runs off.
1: He gets scared of Mike, I guess? No, and, and the physical performance of him <laughs> running... <laughs> Like a little kid running from a whooping, yeah, was very very funny. Like laugh out it. loud funny. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I yeah, man. It's it's pretty good. And when this guy pulled up in his shitty minivan with his, uh-huh. you know, I don't know what you call those, like Velcro Goodwill shoes. He's oh wearing yeah, he's sneakers. The, I don't the, know the, the Pro Wings or whatever he's, he's wearing. He's, yeah, something like that. And I mean. Seppinwall mentioned that he's kind of like Walter White turned to 11.
0: Okay. Like this guy is such an
1: unassuming, nothing of a guy. Mm -hmm. You know, Walt had the mustache. He's got the shoes. Yeah. Do you think that this is my. I get this as this is Mike's first kind of like off the books civilian Mm -hmm. bad guy job or criminal job. Yeah. Do you think that starting his experience with this kind of. Uberdork led to a lot of the misunderstandings and kind of mutual contempt uh, and disrespect towards Walt that ultimately was his undoing and, and breaking bad. Huh? I
0: hadn't even
1: thought about that. That's, that's a good theory. That's why they pay up while well to b- the big bucks. I guess so. Yeah. But it means like if you could find if you could think of a car that's, that's uh, less exciting than an Aztec, you know, a Toyota minivan that's kind of also an off-color and made, there's something about it that's yeah. kind of, this, the trim doesn't quite match. And it's just old and worn out. and like, Yeah. I mean, it's
0: not, it's not as dingy and shitty as Nacho's van, but, sure. you know, it's it's just this family van thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. This guy's, you know, head to toe,
1: literally a dork. I feel like Villigan really enjoys picking out vehicles and clothing to yeah. highlight people's patheticness. Yeah. Like as like he like that's like <laughs> he he spends weeks just kind of like is it, uh, you know, maybe he can be driving a Pinto, no an Aztec. Yeah. You know, it's like that he uh, just goes through lots of iterations of that. Sure. But it's always the perfect thing.
0: Yeah, and I I like seeing Mike in action here. Um, you know, he doesn't he doesn't want to do these things and when he can avoid them, he does. I mean, he doesn't even take a gun to this thing, right? Because right. he knows probably there's going to be no trouble. And
1: even if there is trouble, eh, no, I don't, I don't really want to get in a gunfight here. He's essentially got the guy who scares bouncers and small time bars and a guy who subscribes to Sol- soldier, of fortune magazine yeah. as his competition. Mm-hmm. And the the way that he kind of sizes them up and takes them down effortlessly is just, is awesome.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's good at what he does, you know, I mean, he really is. seeing Mike be competent
1: is a good thing. And also, why he's competent. You know, yes, we, we, I mean, the
0: explanation he gives later
1: on. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of stuff perfect, that Mike. we kind of got absorbed by Mike's process uh, through osmosis. Mm-hmm. You know, because he would always say, like, he's got this information on this guy, this information on this guy, and he's going to show up for this. We've seen that in break bad, but he's never actually explained the process. Yep. So it's kind of, I guess, somewhat unnecessary, but also rewarding for long term fans to kind of see Mike. Mm-hmm going about his process
0: and the same goes for his ethos i guess which he kind of lays out here i mean we got that by osmosis in breaking bad as well but yeah he lays it out here he says you can be a criminal you can be a good guy or a bad guy those things are not the same
1: good cop bad cop yeah yeah it's that's really a sophisticated worldly view of things that i enjoyed sure
0: uh jimmy escorts chuck out to his car in a suit lined with the space blanket which is Uh, a jimmy invention
1: here again, this I, yeah. th- Jimmy is doing
0: so much for Chuck. He is, yeah, he's really helping him out. Uh, although the sound of this suit has got to be <laughs> like th- they they play it down because you would hate to hear that on the soundtrack. No, but...
1: right? It's like someone <laughs> unwrapping a ding dong constantly, that never gets unwrapped, uh-huh. or like he's in a movie theater and he's unwrapping a Werther's original, and it just <laughs> is an unending unwrapping process.
0: Yeah, it's a nightmare sound. <laughs> uh, there's there's also a lingering shot. When when Jimmy gets to the car, he uh-huh. says, oh, my cell phone's dead, and he's like, throw it in the trunk. There's a lingering shot on Chuck here again where he's like, mm, I I shouldn't have left that cell phone on. Whoops.
1: Yeah, because Jimmy makes a big deal out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then we know that that's the thing that comes back later to bite him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so nice to see that little and shot. And Chuck
1: uh, covered his tracks, too, deleted the thing. I thought mm-hmm. maybe since he's been off electronics for a while, he might have forgotten about all that stuff. Yeah.
0: But- You'd, you'd wonder. Uh, at HHM, they collect all the cell phones in the building. They shut down all the electronics. And they greet Chuck with a standing ovation when he
1: walks in the door. Can you imagine how hard it would be to power down an entire professional building?
0: Sure. I mean, they got to turn the ventilation off. They've got to turn the lights off. The, ser-
1: the computer equipment and the servers uh-huh. and all that stuff just ugh, makes me want to throw up about just thinking about it. That In the middle of a day. All office work essentially is going to cease because one man is entering the building. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's for a $20 million lawsuit, but...
0: Uh, yes, they can afford it. And also, you know, it's been a long time since Chuck... I, I get the impression that it's been a very long time since Chuck has been in this building. Years. Years, yeah. Uh, and so, I guess everyone loves him
1: as well. Yeah, and I tell you, I I kind of feel like I, I'm, I'm liking Hamlin more and more. Hmm. Like, there's a lot of stuff in here that makes, in in second, subsequent watches, makes Hamlin much more likable. Like, it would yeah. be way easier to just, because I don't think anyone really takes uh, Chuck at his word about this EM crap. It'd sure. be very easy to just, you know, grab the cell phones from the receptionist and all this, or, you know, but, but to go around and, like, make an organized effort to get everyone's cell phones and to completely power off the building and... All that stuff, um, you know. Yep. Mr. Rock and Rock noticed there was even a nice touch where they had janitors there to open the doors and close them because uh-huh. they had the automatic doors close, and that kind of yeah. attention to detail. Um, I, I don't know. Like, if you're a complete total asshole, you don't just play it straight, right? You give lip service to respecting the man, but you don't respect them. Yes, you and, and this takes
0: whole... me back to like episode three, I three or four where uh, Hamlin goes to Chuck's house Uh and meets with him, and he's willing to put all of his stuff in the mailbox and, like, take all of his electronics off and all that. I I did not think that that might have been for a concern for Chuck, more just like, I need to get this job done, and this is how it's got to get done, so I'll do it, fine. But this is really dumb. That's the impression I got, but... It seems to me like he is actually concerned for Chuck's well-being in some way.
1: Yeah, also that it makes you wonder what was that deal about the stipend and all that stuff. Like, yes, you start to wonder, you know, what was Chuck responsible for? What was Hamlin responsible for? Why do we actually hate Hamlin? We hate Hamlin. The reason because Jimmy hates Hamlin, and Jimmy hates Hamlin because he came in after he worked his ass off to get this you know, chimp with the machine gun law degree, he was denied mm-hmm. what seemed like a perfectly reasonable request. Yeah. There's no evidence that he fucking hated Hamlin before then. No, there's not. So uh, this could be misplaced other, anger. So on the other hand, Hamlin busting Kim down to the cornfield for a fairly minor infraction kind of speaks more yeah. of his Hitlerness And and soaking up all the
0: attention when it's paid to, to his firm. Uh, huh. Yeah. I don't I
1: don't buy that Hamlet is a great guy all around. So he's an asshole, but he's not an unwashed asshole. <laughs> yes, that's fair. <laughs> he's fairly hygienic. He he, uh-huh. he washes
0: daily and wipes. Uh Jimmy walks a bunch of HHM people through the case and they...
1: I have you ever heard the phrase unwashed asshole? No, but it's funny. That is really <laughs> funny. Uh-huh. That is definitely gonna make it into my repertoire. Awesome. Uh,
0: Jimmy's running down the case and everyone in this room of lawyers and partners and et cetera is floored. Sure. They're like, wow, this is an amazing case. Hamlin starts making, uh, some financial offers to Jimmy that sound great. Unfortunately, it doesn't include a job at the firm. So Jimmy calls him a pig fucker and he takes the <laughs> case back. <laughs> and in my copy of this, like this I, is, yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch this live, but when I got my recording of this, it said pig fucker. Uh huh. I don't know if that got aired that way.
1: No, it did not. It didn't? I, okay. Because I was processing feedback while you were doing your second watch and, and getting your notes together. And it I was surprised like, me. What? Yeah. So, like, where... I mean... I don't know where is this the copy Am- came from. Is the Amazon copy or the iTunes copy unbleeped? It could be. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they. it was a total... Like, and and he really put a lot of... Uh, old Bob put a lot of oomph in the pig fucker. Yes, he does. And I appreciated it.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, the other thing I appreciate in this scene is that Jimmy is demanding a fucking explanation for something that he has every right to demand an explanation for. And that the show is not saying anything, but it's not saying anything for a reason. Mm -hmm. And my God, if I listed all the times that shows just didn't talk about something because it was inconvenient for them Mm -hmm. in the plot Mm-hmm. and they didn't feel it warranted it, I would be here all fucking week. Yeah. This show is doing it for a reason. Yeah. This show feels like it has a reason for everything it does. Sure. E- even the funny scenes. Mm-hmm. Even even the scenes with Mike kicking a guy's ass to take his all, all of his guns. Everything feels like it has a purpose and uh-huh. a place uh-huh. in this episode.
1: Yeah, no, I mean... Right and I on. feel like
0: that's the difference between the
1: great... The stuff that we call great and the stuff we call good. And then we will leave us hanging. It's not like a a coy three-episode arc. No. What was Kim going to say? What was the reason, Ham? I mean, it's it's addressed. It's addressed uh, organically, and then we move on. Yeah. And, you know, Bob Odenkirk was like the hurt uh, that this Camlin guy. It's like, okay, seven years ago, mail clerk, you don't want to give me a chance. You give me six months, and I'm like, fuck you. I'm out of here. Yeah. But this is a real big boy case, man. This, any other firm, this gets me in the big leagues. I've made, yeah. And you're talking associate. You're not even talking partner. It's like, mm-hmm. I get it you're being, ins- I don't even care that you're being insulting. Why? Yeah. What is, why? What have I done yeah. to you? It doesn't seem like there's anything that warrants this. Yeah. And as
0: we find out later, you know, he's keeping his mouth shut for a very good reason.
1: Yeah. Which, for a
0: noble reason. For I know.
1: Uh, it makes me think Hamlin it, might be a good guy.
0: It twists me up
1: a little or bit, Or at yeah. least not an unwashed asshole. Yes, at the very least. Um, the man carries a packet of baby wipes on him at all times. So Kim then
0: goes to see Hamlin to ask why the hell he won't hire Jimmy. And Hamlin still doesn't want to say, but in the end, when she's about to leave, he tells her, close the door come back not just dad but he's rude and dismissive he is yeah but and he he's and he I think then just feels bad about it too
1: yeah like I look the I, same way that Jimmy felt bad about it I'm doing this for I'm it, I'm literally carrying someone else's water I might even have a dog in this fight uh but I can't do this to Kim. I, there's more respect there than I guess I... Because I, I was expecting her Yeah, that's her just, my question. Wh- yeah, Halfway through this, I'm like, oh, this is going to be She's how Kim goes into the arms of uh, Slippin' Jimmy. Yeah. But then they that would be the easy way, and it would make total dramatic sense, and it would still make Hamlin a pretty sympathetic character. This is a more complicated route and makes me wonder where the hell they're going, and I, you know... Is I've there been, any
0: chance that that Hamlin has calculated this and is doing it to crush Jimmy after being a called pig fucker and actually hating the man.
1: Well, the thing is, if you're called a pig fucker <laughs> and you know you deserve it, uh-huh. it's different experience than when someone calls you a pig fucker and you don't feel like you deserve it. That's I, a good point. He's and and I I doing like things Hamlin, he knows are mean to Jimmy. Hamlin played it with, you know, a cool, and he played it indiglo, in uh, ha, go yeah. Blue. Uh-huh but you could tell you know if you watch him that he's not unaware of how this seems yes like and 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 if anything he's playing it up like he just you know when Chuck comes in and says i'm really disappointed i can't mm-hmm. believe and he just takes it on the chin like he must really yeah. respect and admire this shit out of Chuck or to play a little devil's advocate here, he needs Chuck.
0: If he doesn't go along with what Chuck is saying and Chuck decides to blow this company up, because it sounds like he's got that power. Like, he has the ability to say, I'm done with this, pay me out, and that bankrupts it HHM. Seems that
1: Chuck really loves HHM, though. He does, yes. More than his brother, certainly. I, apparently, yeah. But, I mean, I don't. that's the one I don't understand about this power dynamic. Are we going to get a scene of Hamlin and McGill in the good old days... Maybe Hamlin, maybe maybe McGill did something for him. Maybe Chuck did something for him, uh, like a, almost a father role. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, the senior Hamlin's dead. I don't know. Yeah, but I wonder what in the hell he's got over his head for him to do all these things. Sure, it's a good question. Uh, we go back to Mike. He's
0: at an old factory, and him and the contact are waiting for uh this this whole thing to go down. They're, they're apparently meeting to exchange pills for cash. Mm-hmm. and we we see a van pull up, and Nacho steps I can't even out.
1: imagine what it'd be like to be doing this for, because like I I feel like this every single time I buy a car off of a third party. <laughs> it's like, okay, I've got the cash, uh, like, you know, I've got the cash you just checked, you got the title, uh, you know? <laughs> what's, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> sure. Uh, so the it, car start?
0: Is going to catch on fire? Yeah, the stakes are a little higher here, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Uh, but, but Mike is unfazed completely. You know, he's $20 short on the payment. Mike demands that he pay it and Nacho pays because Mike's done his homework. He knows he will. And then he leaves and, and Mike explains, you know, why he didn't need a gun and his philosophy on being a criminal. Sure. Uh, I mean, we've, we've kind of talked about this already, but I do love to see that Mike has done so much groundwork here. Uh, and he says, you know, 1500 bucks is cheap for this job with all the groundwork I've done. Sure.
1: Laid. You don't know it because yeah. apparently the vet like the, this was the vet's heaviest hitters. Uh, <laughs> well, I buy that Nacho is a fairly heavy hitter. Well, but uh, no, uh, he's talking about but that that dude, the soldier of fortune guy and man mountain. Guy. Oh yeah yeah yeah. These are the vet's heaviest hitters. Uh-huh. I feel like that this tells us a lot about the vet as well. Sure. So you know, Mike needs to move on up in the world. How do, do you? I hope so. How do you personally feel about his his code? Are you sympathetic to this? Yes,
0: I I think you know there are a lot of things that make you a criminal that don't make you bad. Smoking weed for one, okay, in a lot of states makes you a criminal technically.
1: Speeding does not make you a bad person.
0: Yeah, um, th- there are a lot of little things like that,
1: right? But, Laws, but that, stealing from a company. Drugs and then selling them on a that's profit. That's unethical, yeah. But you can still be a good person and do it.
0: You can. Mike's Mike's talking about being personally good, like helping his family. Like he's doing all this for Kaylee. He that's the kind of mode he's in. Mm. He's not thinking about big multinational conglomerate having a couple dozen pills stolen from him. In 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 the perspective of things, I guess that's not so bad. But still, it's not honest.
1: Well, it's a it's Walter White. It's a Walter White. in justifies the means kind of thing. Absolutely. Like the reasons yeah. you do something are as important. And I, I'm pretty sympathetic to that myself, but I still kind of like. Well, wait a minute. In this situation,
0: I think Mike is actually wrong. Um mm. I, I don't think stealing from a company and selling it for personal profit. Would is, you say that
1: to Jonathan Banks' face?
0: Uh Yeah. <laughs> now, Mike, Mike the Mantrap's face. I, I don't know. You're a good Maybe guy, not. Mike. You're a good
1: guy. No one's better. <laughs> <laughs> So funny, Mike.
0: Uh, But here's the other thing. We don't know why he's doing it, right? Mm. What if he is doing it because, you know, he's got a daughter who's dying of cancer and needs treatment or something? Like, there could be a new, uh, I don't know, a litany of reasons why he's doing this that that make him a good
1: person. Hmm.
0: It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like the dude is just stealing and selling
1: pills. Right. To make some cash on the side, but. I don't think Mike gives a shit about that. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he does. So it's like, I, I, I liked hearing more about his personal code of ethics and honor, but I'm still kind of scratching my head a little bit about how he fully justifies this.
0: Sure. Like, yeah. just
1: keeping your word to people is all you need to be to be a good person. Mm-hmm. Then fucking Tony Montana was a saint. <laughs> all he's got is his word and his balls. They can't break him for no man. Nope. Uh, the,
0: the other thing we find out here, speaking of doing deals on the side, is that Nacho is actually doing this deal on the side. Yes. His criminal contacts know nothing about this, as as we're told
1: by Mike. Also, the, that's got to be a thread going forward, definitely. right? Definitely. Uh, who is he working for? Who is he working that's for? That's a good question. Well, he's obviously working for um, uh, Jesus Christ. Tuco. Uh, Tuco. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. The other thing I thought was interesting is him using the word, uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation we had in the first couple episodes that Nacho was this Ignacio guy. Okay, yeah. Who was who Saul was babbling about in the desert in season two. Mm -hmm. This is confirmation. Absolutely. This is the same guy.
0: 100%,
1: yes. So we're going to have... suck it, internet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're we're definitely going to have a lot of this guy going forward in the future. Uh, Sounds like it, yeah. And it sounds like... Saul,
0: in Breaking Bad times, either doesn't think he's dead or he isn't dead. One of the two. Hmm. Maybe he dies and Saul doesn't know it. Well, no, because he he said it's, he asked, it, did it, did Ignacio send you?
1: No, he said, did Lalo send me? It would tell oh, him it was Ignacio, oh, okay, it wasn't yeah, yeah. me. So, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. that doesn't. That cleverly does leaves the, the the question of whether he's alive or dead because he's just blaming him for something. You can blame a corpse for a lot. That is true. <laughs> when do you think we'll see Lalo? I don't know. Is that a season two thing? I don't know. What was the name Lalo? I I don't even know what it doesn't factor in anywhere. Lalo sounds like a character from like a... Adventure Time or something. <laughs> Not in Adventure Time, like one uh, of uh, Studio Ghibli. You know, like My Neighbor Lalo okay lalo's moving uh-huh. castle yeah
0: All
1: right. <laughs> cool. princess lalo key i mean it's yeah it's a very friendly round I'm, I'm getting this big koala bear looking guy yeah maybe it is maybe who knows um, it's The man mountain <laughs> there you go that's lalo perfect jimmy pulls up
0: to his office to find kim waiting for him that night and she begs him to reconsider the deal
1: brilliant sh- establishing shot the, the crane that swoops in on the hood the and then pans eye. up so we can see Kim waiting out the door, very femme fatale-like. Yeah,
0: I love it. Yeah. Um, she she asks him to reconsider the deal. He refuses, and he also calls her a pod person in the process. <laughs> that's definitely an upgrade from Pigfucker. Absolutely. Uh, he cares more for her about than he does Camlin. Uh, so for clearly
1: sure. a bugaboo for you uh, is people not just... Opening their mouth and using their adult words, I get why Kim doesn't.
0: Why? She doesn't want to crush him. This would this would crush him emotionally, right? It might even also damage their relationship if she does.
1: Ah, oh, I don't know, man. Because like a betrayal that close, you need to know about. Okay, that's but that's that's, that's an where argument. it gets into yeah. my argument. It's like uh-huh. if if I had a friend. If I if I knew if I knew there was a person cheating on somebody else and I didn't have a personal connection, it's none of my business. I'd stay out of it. If like my friend's girlfriend was cheating on him, I would feel honor bound to tell him. Yeah, because I wouldn't be his friend otherwise. Uh, if it's your brother that's fucking you like this, if your brother is indeed the one fucking the pigs in the family, <laughs> you should know about it. That is a fair argument. I don't have a very good defense against that. And like I there are people that think that way. Certainly that is not I mean, how Kim feels. Yeah,
0: that's the yeah. thing. Like I She thinks she's doing the thing that is best for
1: Saul. For for Jimmy. I kinda picked her as a tough love type of person, though. Her mm-hmm. trying to spare okay. Jimmy, what does that tell us about her?
0: So maybe there's a little self service in here too. How so? If she goes and spills the beans about her boss and his partner deceiving Jimmy, on such a fundamental level, and that information gets back to Chuck or Hamlin, she's fired. She's fucking gone. So it's a little self serving as well, probably.
1: But on the other hand, like it's got to be unseemly the fact that, you know, I would love to know exactly what Hamlin said behind closed doors. Obviously, it was something about this subject. Yeah. But how it's interesting that Kim knows obviously everything about that. And we don't know anything other Mm than it led her to have this conversation with Jimmy because it's getting harder and harder for me to accept that she is in bed with these people. Knowing what I know about Kim, like maybe
0: they're purposely pushing her further and further away from them. It could be the more they fuck Jimmy, the less on her side on their side. She is.
1: I also wonder like the way she was, you know, obviously she's very hurt by what Jimmy has said, but I think Jimmy was completely in his rights because he was, Putting forth reasons for why she would be doing this, uh-huh. and she was staying silent. She wasn't denying it or anything. And pod person is not all that bad. Uh, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like – it's it's very soft because it's basically like, – yeah. this isn't who I think you are. Yeah. So it's like kind of not hurtful at all. But um, <laughs> the other thing is I think that uh, – god damn it, I've lost my point. The, damn it. The, the reason that I don't – Oh, that yeah. she trusts Jimmy to be smart enough that she can – if if she gives him this, uh, the the uh, like thread to pull on, that he will figure out a way to confirm it without her having to betray a personal confidence. Hmm. Because the other thing is, like, what does yeah, the show thing about think about morality? Because if the show if the show is like you keep your word, and that's what a good person is, to the then if she gave her word to Hamlin that you know this was all confidence, and she <laughs> would be kind of by the show's code a bad person for betraying that. But you can't have it both ways, right? But if if you, you can't know, be it's like, this guy's smart and he's street savvy. If yeah. I, I'm clearly acting in an irrational manner that's that's hard for him to explain if he thinks about this long enough, he, he's got the tools mm-hmm. he needs to figure this out. Maybe. That's uh, really reading between the lines for me. Yeah, right? yeah. I didn't go there, but I could see why you might, certainly.
0: Uh, but I don't have a problem with Kim doing this and remaining silent because she was doing it for a reason. Yeah. It's not like the show just, didn't show it to us. I don't personally roll
1: that way, but I know for a fact people do. That's one yes. of the things that drives me crazy about most families that I'm involved in that are not <laughs> my own, is like, just fucking stop talk talking, each talking about each other and talk to each other. Nah, yeah, Jesus, yeah. it drives me crazy. Sure. So I, I don't have a problem with this scene at all.
0: Um, Jimmy charges up his phone, and he eyes it suspiciously.
1: Yeah, it's this is eating at him. Yes. You can see that's the the the, the gears... I'm like why why did this happen why is this happening to me
0: yeah it all seems so strange right yeah. um later that day jimmy's hanging out at chuck's house uh or i guess the next day um he's been up all night he's soul searching and he has figured out that chuck used his phone to call hamlin the night before the meeting
1: this establishing of this shot with chuck whistling and getting ready to iron a suit
0: oh my god the worst way to iron Got to heat it up on oh, a gas-powered well,
1: yeah, doing stove to a little house on the prairie, <laughs> such a or, nightmare. Or big house in the desert, in this case. Uh-huh. But what to me the him whistling and getting ready to it's it makes it very clear that Jimmy was used. Jimmy stayed up all night agonizing over these moral decisions. Chuck got a freshly and he's whistling and he's like, yeah. "Hey man, this this is a suit that my brother made that I just pig fucked." It is fit so good and protects me so well from electric matter. I'm thinking yeah, about yeah. getting back to work. I mean Ah I know i He's had years to process this, right, and come to terms with it. Yeah. Whereas Jimmy
0: he's just having it revealed to him. Yeah. So it's fresh in his mind. Chuck is Chuck is over it. Mm. And it's it's a shame. Day. I mean I that's what I was thinking during this. Like, man, Chuck just is completely unfazed by fucking his brother this way. And it's it's sad. It's real yeah. sad, yeah. Uh, and this this scene just gets more and more sad. I mean, the way that Chuck or Jimmy kind of leads Chuck down this garden path here with him, you know, oh, it'd be great, so great, if we were to work together,
1: wouldn't that be the best, Chuck? Right, Chuck? Yeah, he's giving him the op- every opportunity to prove him wrong about his suspicions. Yeah, and until... only when because Jimmy's right. Like you could, you didn't even have to mean it. You don't have to destroy the company; just threaten to do so. Exactly. Yeah, and Chuck is refusing to do even that. Yeah. Uh and
0: and finally, you know, it comes out Chuck confesses that the idea of Jimmy being a lawyer has always eaten him up. He eaten him up. Uh he he doesn't see Jimmy as his equal in any way. Uh the work that he's put in, um his morality, his respect for the law, none of that is up to par with Chuck. And uh he Jimmy tells him, I'm done. I'm done as your brother. I'm done as your caretaker. I'm out. Yeah. And then he gets up and he
1: leaves. And Bob kills it, man. That the, the my yeah. favorite part is when he talks about him using the cell phone to do it. Oh, yeah. The blowtorch blow to your ear. It's like it's one thing for Brutus to stab you in the back. But if that dagger is white fucking hot, it's like, man, yeah. you must really, really hate me. He has and to overcome, me. Yeah, his own his own mental. He has to overcome his
0: phobias to to stab his brother in the back. I'm
1: so he amazed it. that it turns out that the theories of Chuck being I is threatened the right word by Jimmy's legal career or but it's it's kind of like the same um, argument against gay marriage. It's like diminished by Yeah, like like the fact that two dudes or two women are getting married makes my marriage less meaningful by association yeah but other than that's a you know, strange that's, that's, argument that's a strange argument it's different from the like everybody's life is a struggle everybody's particular experience and point in their life at is precious and beautiful to them you know it, it says nothing i mean mm-hmm. is it weird that chuck's that brittle or do you think it's i it's less about that and more about the fact that he's the big brother and jimmy's the little brother and he doesn't want anything to threaten that relationship like like the Chuck's a control. I think freak. there's a lot tied up in this. And yeah. Also, like the other thing I'm busting know what the fuck? Why is Chuck crazy about this electromagnetic uh, uh energy problem? <laughs> what happened? What to was him? Yeah. the you know, if Slippin' Jimmy didn't do it to him, what the hell happened? And and yeah. whatever it did, his animosity towards his brother predated the condition. Mm-hmm. So, like, what I, I you know, what the hell?
0: I don't know, man. I, I think you know that's a question that i hope is answered i hope this is not the end of the chuck jimmy relationship be There's what no it may way it going forward yeah. um it's certainly not going to be the same relationship that they had but i hope it's not the end of any type of relationship um the, the other thing to throw in here is chuck's view of the law which i i was i i've heard him talk about it before how the law is used to help people that's what it should be used for and here he's saying you know the law is sacred and that he can't believe that Slippin' Jimmy with a law degree is a good thing and, and, and he fundamentally sees his brother as Slippin' Jimmy
1: and what's hilarious what's what's hilarious about this is knowing breaking bad like we do we know he's fundamentally right a guy like Slippin' Jimmy sure. with a law degree is extremely dangerous and destructive to society
0: yes um so i mean even even if he weren't right his his view of the law is that it is it is sacred and is something to be respected and cherished and i I think that's fairly cemented now, right i mean i don't but I don't think view... that Chuck is saying this in some some deceptive way, yeah, like no, trying I buy to that. excuse his behavior he's admitting his behavior he's admitting the way he feels and he's giving reasons justifications for
1: it but what does that mean that the law is sacred? Like it seems like the being a good lawyer is being able to come at things in new and innovative ways and to I mean, there's a lot to being a good lawyer. But the law being sacred, it's like, yeah, but you if you find the loophole that wins the case, your client, you're kind of making a I I don't think Jimmy I don't think Chuck is above that. Because the one guy from S&C came up and he seemed like he was amazed at the way he was able to work the system to get a positive result. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't seem like the methods are the problem. It's the end result. So why the hell does Chuck have a problem with Jimmy? Mm -hmm. Like the elder care. What the fuck? The the elder care is the thing that that did this? Elder law? Yeah. Or the elder care. Yeah, like I get it if he was, you know, doing slip and falls or doing some, you know, ambulance chasing. But this is a good, reputable case. It seems there's a, just a level of hatred and animosity here that I, uh, right. I don't have all the facts.
0: You're right. And I I think, yeah, his his personal, uh, his, his opinion and his personal value is tied up in this. His opinion mm. of himself, and his personal value is somehow tied up in both this being his brother and this being a guy like Slippin' Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, there There's a lot of nuance in here. I don't yeah. think it's just a matter of Slippin'
1: Jimmy with a law degree is a bad
0: thing. Sure.
1: No, there is a lot about the particular set of circumstances and their family history and, yeah. you know, the embarrassment he's caused and, and all that, all that. But it's like, there, I don't have enough facts to know for exactly sure what the hell, why this is such a a hot button for chuck at this particular moment yeah because again i'm i've side I, again i see what chuck is saying but i side with jimmy like why aren't you proud of this guy it's an amazing story
0: yeah talk about busting your ass and I mean, also, he's working in the mail room doing nights and weekends on a yeah. law degree
1: what do you expect him to quit his job and go to fucking harvard and i uh, and honestly i kind of suspect getting a law degree from harvard is a much easier than a correspond passing the bar when you've gone to the, one of the best legal schools. Getting into with, the school is hard. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what, exactly what I'm saying. Once you get in there, having the best professors and the best students around you and a challenging atmosphere mm. and all the resources and all that stuff like, yes, you have to work and you have make to work your of ass it. off. Yeah. But it's it's a force multiplier. It's got to be, or else right. who would give a shit about where you went if you went to NYC? Yes, it's or... be- it's a
0: case of having better tools, right? Yeah, like self learning is, I think, by its
1: nature, harder than than being taught. Yes, something. yes. So it's like I everything that Chuck said seemed extraordinary, <laughs> extraordinarily entitled and elitist, in, 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 in a way that I haven't really gotten from him. Before. Yeah, it
0: makes me wonder if if Jimmy had come to him and said, hey, Chuck, I want to go to law school. Uh, I got to quit my job and go... Spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. You want to do I that think, for
1: me? I think Chuck would have been like... You think he would have? No, Chuck would have been like, uh, no, you, law school is not for the likes of you. <laughs> it's a very uh, yeah. kind of landed English gentry view of the things. Yeah, you're right. One, you can't change... Like, once th- a fuck up, stay always in your a la- fuck up. Stay in your lane, man. Stay yeah. in your lane. Yeah, no, it's sad. It's un-American. He- it's goddamn un-American. Yeah. Un-American pig fuckery. Yeah, it kind of goes back to...
0: <laughs> I don't know what Mike says about the, you know, the $20, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying you shorted me. I'm saying people make mistakes and Chuck doesn't allow for his brother to make a mistake and have a redemption. He thinks once slipping Jimmy, always slipping Jimmy.
1: Sure. And why did Jimmy become slipping Jimmy? Did living in the shadow of his brilliant brother make him be more of a fuck up? Could be. I don't know. It's could be family dynamics are strange. (laughs) Certainly. And that's it for the episode. Yeah. He's going to miss him when he's gone, That the time that ice runs out and that bacon starts. Oh, yeah. Four days, I think? Mm-hmm. Mm. You, you, you eat, uh, on that fifth day, try to eat the bacon. The pig might be fucking you. <laughs>
0: yes, indeed.
1: <laughs> Should I entertain you with some feedback? Please. Before we get to feedback, I want to talk to you guys uh, another time about Club Bald Move. Uh, one I've the, heard aw- of that. One of the awesome features of Club Bald Move, which you can get to by going to club.baldmove.com, is ad-free podcast feed. That means you never have to listen to any hackneyed amateur advertising from yours truly ever again. <laughs> and you might think, "What? It's, it's going to cost me hundred dollars a month." I mean, mm-hmm. that's such such a fantastic value. You might, and I'll say no, and you might say fifty dollars. I say no, twenty, no, ten, no. As low as a dollar a month. That, I mean... And 12 easy installments of
0: 100 pennies. <laughs> that, you, that might be a mistake. If they're willing to pay the 100,
1: do we really want to talk them down to one? <laughs> There's nothing stopping you from paying the 100. Oh, that's true. That's true. I'd kiss you on both cheeks if you did. <laughs> right. But for as low as a dollar a month, you can make this pain go away. Uh, you also get access to recordings, live recordings for podcasts. It's the fastest way to get our podcast. You don't have to wait for Jim pig fucker that he is I'm pretty slow editing it Mm -hmm. and uploading it and posting it my god the minutes is ticking by (laughs) you got important things to do you need to get on this live video cast you got lunch with Jim and Aaron you get Mm -hmm. live watches of some of uh uh, our most popular television shows where we actually watched tv with you what a deal again a dollar a month check out club.baldmove.com for more details and some examples of the bonus content you'll get and we appreciate in advance any of your support. Don't be a pig fucker. Support club.baldmove.com. Uh Lori B wrote in um about we we talked about Stacy and her money problems and she said I too wondered about Stacy's money problems. If Stacy's a registered nurse, she's probably making quite a good salary, but don't let the scrubs fool you. Licensed practical nurses or LPNs who typically have two-year degrees, don't make anything close to the salary of an RN, and they also wear scrubs. So do certified hmm. nursing assistants, CNAs, who typically have completed training a course in less than six months and make minimum wage in many states. If Stacy's a CNA, she could have serious money challenges even with Maddie's death benefit. Wow, yeah. It's a good point. You see scrubs and you think, that's a white-collar professional job. You don't think uh, getting seven fifty or eight twenty-five an hour, yeah. no mm. bennies. All that stuff. Um, so that's that's a good point. Uh, she says, on Sandpiper, you and one of your lawyer feedback writers referred to it as a quote-unquote nursing home. It's actually an assisted living facility. Those who've never had the unpleasant experience of signing a relative in either type of place can sometimes confuse the two. Uh, she says, assisted living, as the marketing manager told me in Florida, is an apartment. You usually move in with your own furniture even. There's not really much in assisted about it other than the fact that you no longer have to maintain anything at a house. Meals are offered, and almost everything you need is on site so it's essentially living in an apartment with a campus that gives you amenities, yeah, uh almost like a condo lifestyle and meals, yeah, yep. If you can't drive anymore, there's a van that can take you to the mall or grocery store. There are standards that probably vary state to state by what kind of skills you have to have in order to live in assisted living. My mother, who suffered from advanced stages of cancer and having fallen, was barely able to pass the test of being able to stand up out of a wheelchair and turn and pivot in bed. Mm. You have to be able to feed yourself. Uh, You should need no more than a little bit of help with toileting, dressing, etc. This kind of facility does not have doctors on staff. They definitely have a lot of CNAs and often have LPNs. Some have a registered nurse on site during the day and possibly at night, and you see a lot of visiting RNs coming to see residents. Depending on licensing, most assisted living facilities cannot, by law, accommodate patients with chronic medical problems that need constant medical care, and this lets them get away with not paying for the registered nurse on site. It's also not covered by most Medicare and is very expensive, usually several thousand and up to 10000 per month at fancier places. Holy shit, that's a lot of money. $10,000 per month? That's a shitload, yeah. That's presidential suite. Uh, Just live in a presidential suite in a hotel, man. Oh, yeah, you could easily live in a hotel for $10,000 a month. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, slip one of the maids little something under the table, and they'll probably bring you food, too. Yep. Somewhat shit, st- you could order room service every day for that. <laughs> 10, Ten grand a month you is could. a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, Somewhere sim- similar to assisted living are a senior housing complex that are publicly financed through HUD and offer a sliding scale of payment for income-eligible people. Oh, boy, that sounds delightful. Mm-hmm. They are usually more bare bones in terms of amenities and are populated by people on fixed incomes who do not have the savings or multiple income streams that would allow them to live in assisted living facilities like Sandpiper. Um. Because they get federal support, some facilities are, such facilities are subject to regulation. By contrast, private assisted living facilities are only subject to regulation required by individual states, which may be minimal, which could explain how schemes like sandpipers could go unnoticed you uh, contrast that to nursing home, which is a full-service facility for people who cannot live without a great deal of medical attention. Sure. They're often bedridden. They're often hooked to medical machines. They're, it's less an apartment, more of a hospital room. They have tons of RNs. It's extremely expensive because, obviously, you're paying for round-the-clock medical care. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of blended places where they have an assisted living, and when you get too old to take care of yourself, you just slide right into the nursing home. And Makes sense. You, you don't then you lose die. your
0: community, you know?
1: Sure. Like- I feel like that's a good way to to do it. Sure. Um she goes a lot of these facilities have special quote unquote neighborhoods for those with dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh I guess so they can just all kind of enjoy each other's company. Um but hmm. I don't know, it's interesting. What what's your feeling about nursing homes? Like I feel like our generation's one of the first ones that's not dreading a nursing home.
0: You're not. I know personally that you don't. You think it's going to be fucking lollipops and board games for the rest of your life.
1: It's going to once you go to a nursing home. I think it's going to be be Axis and Allies and Xbox One or Xbox Twenty. Whatever. No, it's
0: not, man. You're going to be hating life. You're going to be
1: sitting there eating sad ass Salisbury steaks. Like I give a shit about the food I eat. You know that. (laughs) You know that. Fair enough. I prove that on a daily basis. Give me something. I'll eat it right now. Something in arm's reach. That <laughs> fucking scorpion up there. <laughs> Is that what I got to do? No, 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 you're right. Now if the uh, pig fuckers take my Xbox or my PlayStation away, then that's, that's. You know, but when your
0: thumbs stop working and your ass stops working and your face stops working, yeah, you're not going to have I so don't, much fun. I
1: don't, I don't think about the bed sores and not being able to flip around yeah, and laying man. in my own urine-soaked diaper. It's. You know. I, mean,
0: I think you're picturing yourself as you sit right now in a nursing <laughs> only, home. That's not Only gonna...
1: staying in bed all day and playing video games. Exactly. Right. That's not what it's going to be like. Yeah. Not one bit. I think it'd be... Oh, okay. All right. Moving <laughs> on. Moving on. Because um, clearly, I, I'm an idiot. Victor S. says, I was listening to your recap for episode 8 and started to wonder how Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad would be perceived if Better Call Saul had come out before Breaking Bad, like the prequel it is.
0: With no mm. pre-existing
1: expectations of knowledge or knowledge of Jimmy and Saul's future uh, with, with Walt, would that still make for an interesting show? Would Breaking Bad be enhanced or hindered by the audience having prior knowledge of Mike's bad them? I have an opinion on this. What's yours? I don't know if you would have got me to watch it.
0: That's the hard part. But once I did, I think the story is compelling enough uh, on its own with Chuck and Jimmy and Hamlin. That's a all pretty this stuff.
1: high bar because like for television, I feel like I'd make you watch most of the stuff.
0: Well, OK. I like mean, like if, I'm, if, if I'm I had a heard a whole bunch scout. of really good stuff about it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you, you come and you say you, you got to watch a show. It's like really this, good. Like
1: this lawyer who went to American Samoa and he's got this asshole brother. Like, mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I think I,
0: it's compelling enough on its own. It's an interesting pitch.
1: Yeah. A, a seedy small town lawyer. Well, I guess New Mexico or um, uh, Albuquerque is not that small a town. Sure. The one thing I don't think that Mike... Mike would mm. not work. Yeah. The way they do it here where we accept him being a badass. Because that's the thing. Like Mike showed up as kind of a fixer type. And you see Mike and you're like, okay, this is the kind of guy could do this. Yeah. And slowly they let slip that he's more and more of this impressive person until you know they get to the point where he's single-handedly invading a warehouse and shooting bad guys and hiding out in a refrigerated truck and getting his ears shot off, and we don't bat an eye at it. They take that, and then, yes, Jonathan Banks can beat this man down. Jonathan Banks is a tough dude, but he's very old. I don't know that they could get yes, away. Yeah. They would have to do the same thing, slowly introduce us to this ever-expanding skill set of this very formidable person. But he's also kind of unassuming. Yeah,
0: even knowing that that Mike is a badass um, and, you know, his former Philadelphia cop background, like when he just – I mean, his reflexes are insane for a 68-year-old man. Sure. Um, as portrayed
1: in this show. Well, I mean, obviously I, in this show he's probably supposed to be like in his late 50s.
0: Sure. I I would have a much harder time buying that he could snatch that gun and pop out the bullets in front of this guy and then beat him down if I hadn't seen Breaking Bad. Yeah. That would be much harder to suspend my disbelief
1: on. No, they kind of boiled a frog with us in that they had this yeah. guy who's kind of an everyman, unassuming Mr. Wolf type. That said, I think they're kind of doing a little bit of that in this show, too. That's another good example. Like, he like-
0: busts a guy in his throat, but then this this drug deal goes down without a single incident. Sure. And they're showing us more of his mind Yeah, in this. And I it, think that's the that's important what protects part of him. Mike.
1: Yeah. So he doesn't often need the physical skills, or when he exactly. engages physical skills, he's got it with a decisive edge.
0: So I think they're doing some good stuff there. It it just
1: would be harder to believe without Breaking Bad. It's kind of like the M- Mr. Wolf in Pulp Fiction. Uh-huh. Like, that guy shows up, and you believe he can do the things he's shown. Yeah. If in the next movie, he's like something out of The Expendables, you'd be like, <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> But if they had three movies that progressively showed him being a little bit more hands on and less cerebral and, Mm -hmm. you know, backroom dealsy, then you that's and that's essentially what we've gotten with Mike. He -hmm. showed up as Mr. Wolf and he became fucking Rambo. But there was a lot of stops in between there where we were acclimated to him just being a sheer badass.
0: Yeah, I think the show would stand on its own, though.
1: I do, too. There'd be a couple of head scratchers, but I think Vince would by the time he retooled it, it would be awesome. Sure. Uh, Michael McBee said, I'm starting to think that Gould and Villigan are paying attention more to great video games and actors of late. First, we had Michael Mando who played Voss from far cry three. And now we have Steven Ogg, the actor who played Trevor from grand theft auto five, hmm. which the character he played in better call Saul was very derivative of this character in that game. Obviously crazy and someone who loved guns, but at least the character in better call Saul was a little more subdued. He's talking about the mustachioed guy that got his windpipe shattered. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well the audience would have reacted to the exact character from the game, and now I have a working theory that Mike is based on Max Payne. <laughs> we'll know for sure if we start getting the crazy, uh, you know, drug-induced hallucinations. Absolutely. Babies crying and blood dripping, and that's uh, crazy.
0: Yeah, stuff. I wonder if it could be a case of video games are becoming bigger and more mainstream people are getting into video games, like actors getting into video sure. games it's it's kind of the other way around
1: to approach that. Yeah, I remember being shocked at the Penny Arcade Expo uh, about five years ago, the opening ceremony. Someone mentioned casually that video games are, dub- back then, were double the gross of Hollywood. They're popular, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I've been a gamer all my life, and I'm like, holy shit, really? Because I think of games as surprisingly fucking low rent still to this day. There's very little really story storytelling, it's all very silent movies. We're at the silent yeah. movie era of video games at this point. Yeah, it's a young technology. There's a couple standouts, there's some steamboat willies, there's some phantoms of the opera, um, mm-hmm. but you know, we haven't had a Citizen Kane yet. Sure, I buy that. Uh, Alex C from New York said, interestingly, I found myself predicting that it was Chuck sabotaging Saw all along because of something the actor who plays Howard Hamlin said on the Insider podcast last week, which is that he believes that Hamlin has a paternal relationship with Saul and he really wants to see him succeed, which was at odds hmm. with what we have seen thus far. Yeah. The obvious conclusion was therefore that Chuck had been asking Howard to block Saul from the company painful, but perfectly in character for Chuck who absolutely would take offense to the chimp with the machine gun, Jimmy, which is a great analogy for what he eventually becomes as Saul. Uh, the most exciting thing we now know that Saul's journey isn't over deep down. I'm sure he still wants to make his brother proud. And with the days of Saul Goodman behind him, Maybe it's not too late to do some honest work that Chuck would approve of. Maybe the Cinnabon even falls into that category. <laughs> Imagine this for a last moment of next week's episode. Back on Gene in Nebraska, sad and depressed in his apartment, he dials a number. Hey, Chuck, it's Jimmy. I really miss you.
0: Uh, maybe, maybe Saul can come to terms with it. Uh, I feel like that's a long road, though. Sure. I don't think Jimmy is anywhere near that. I I believe uh, that. But
1: but yeah, as a as a major flash forward, sure. But it also gives you context of what he's thinking about sitting in that chair. Yeah, uh, that he's yeah. living the he is living the consequences of being a chimp with a machine gun, mm-hmm. and that might make some of the things that went on between him and Chuck a little bit more easy to swallow, or has a little bit more context for him.
0: Yeah, he maybe understands where Chuck was coming from a bit.
1: Sure, I can see that. I like that. Omar K says, It's three in the morning here in Houston. I have to get this emotion out. I hate Chuck, guys. This is I some- thought he was going to call us pig fuckers. <laughs> this is some bullshit. Why would he? Boo to Chuck. I bet Jimmy would wish he took that one F-bomb per season back and used it on Chuck. I'm so <laughs> angry at Chuck. Uh, also, I guess, thematically, this was a good episode with the imagery of everyone putting their phones in a basket like Saul's phone drawer. Also, the shot of Mike <laughs> uh-huh. in the passenger seat, a callback to the Jesse shot in the passenger seats we saw in Breaking Bad. Oh, uh, You know, Jesse kind of checked out, bored, mm. just along for the ride. J- Mike's yeah. kind of checked out, bored, along for the ride. Alright, sure, why not? Mm, I liked it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm on board, though, man. I did not feel... I feel as betrayed
1: by Chuck as Jimmy does, I think. I thought Chuck was a better guy than this. It's been a rough week for families between the Scientology documentary, the last 30 minutes of Scientology documentary, and this.
0: Talking about going clear on HBO, if you don't know.
1: Yeah. um, I've got like so, I've got so many emotions. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's really hard seeing families write each other's off, man. Sure. It's really hard about petty bullshit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doug L., our resident lawyer, um, I've... (laughs) I've got something like two dozen lawyers in my inbox, and they're all litigating against each Christ. other. Christ! You all are fucking lackwit, immoral assholes that should be disbarred in the <laughs> co- the states and counties that you practice law. Jesus. Just so you know, that's harsh. Just so you know, I need. I think the law is sacred, and and that
0: <laughs> y- you guys are doing the Lord's work. I'm saying we need
1: legal counsel. To okay. handle the legal counsel we're getting. Ah, I'm starting gotcha. I'm starting to I'm starting to feel harassed. Uh-huh. I need a cease and desist. I need a restraining order. <laughs> ah, they'll just argue it down. Having yeah. that said, uh Doug L uh has is illuminating discovery for us this week. Okay. Um which this Discovery is the process of obtaining evidence, correct? It's sailing to new lands and planting flags. Well, in the context lawyers of the lawyers have Bastardized bastardize the concept into paperwork. <laughs> okay. But, you know, until we get James T. Kirk, we're stuck with this phase of discovery. All right. Uh, trials are supposed to be fair, and the system is designed to minimize surprises. The idea that everyone goes to trial having already laid their cards out on the table, and now the jury gets to make a decision. However, you only have to dis- disclose something if your opponent actually asks for it. Hmm. So the key to making sure you ask all the right questions over uh, is to make sure you ask the right questions over the course of litigation. If only Smeagol had known that, we might never have had the Lord of the Rings. You know the crucial question is what has it got in its pockets? <laughs> never really felt followed up on that i I would have wow, I would okay. have I would have filed a motion about that, yeah, most of the paperwork, as Chuck says, are interrogatories, interrogatories are written questions, one party sends to the other, and answers are filed or verified under penalty of perjury. In this case, it might look something like this. Please identify each instance whereupon you allege Sandpiper overcharged you. For each instance, identified in response to interrogatory number one. Please set forth all facts in support of your response. For each instance, identified in response to interrogatory number one. Please list all witnesses in support of your response. And on uh, and on it goes. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to track down a bunch of senior citizens and get them to comment on this? On stacks of paperwork, yeah. Stacks and stacks of paperwork with this kind of this kind of language. That sounds like a years-long process, yes. The rest are deposition notices. A deposition is a question-and-answer session between a lawyer and a witness, which is taken under oath and recorded in writing and potentially on video as well. Mm-hmm. It's partly to gather information, partly to size up the witness to see how they do at trial, and most importantly, to record their answers. If that person took the stand and testified differently than they did in deposition, the lawyer can pull out the Perjury. transcript... Point out the flip flop and devastate a person's credibility. I don't think they go to perjury. Really, you can't. I mean, no, if I'm pretty it's sworn sure you into, can if you're sworn but, in. But but you, if you don't, during a deposition and you change
0: your story significantly during trial, I would throwing think
1: perjury around for witnesses seems like something like a Jim Garrison JFK thing to do. It's like,
0: yeah, I mean, for, if, mis- you desto- if you something, if you destroy
1: a witness's credibility, that's probably good enough. If if you're the probably, the lawyer trying yeah. to do it. Uh, But then again, I'm not a lawyer. I need. I I wonder
0: if perjury requires some evidentiary support that says they knowingly did it. Thrown around forms like evidentiary. Watch out. (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) Hey, man, I talked with... uh,
1: I'm I'm just getting in the spirit of lawyering. I've talked to 26 lawyers just in the last 48 hours, I'm (laughs) telling you. Uh, However, the party does not respond or gives answers which are evasive or inadequate. The other side can file a motion to compel by the power of Christ... Uh, presumably, and get the court to order responses or award sanctions. This leads me to my next point. Hmm. Uh, fighting the fight, can Jimmy's opponents bury him with softballs? Well, yes and no. A lawyer cannot make frivolous motions. And there are only so many different types of motions that can be made. There's also the practical issue is if you keep filing bullshit motions, you'll piss off the judge, which can be a real disadvantage later. Yeah. But with the large amount of discovery Jimmy has to respond to, there's a greater chance of motions to compel. Uh, He mentions he's actually litigating against lawyers who love filing these, and they mostly do it to erode your patience and will to fight. Jimmy thinks the motion is unfounded. He'll have to not only oppose the motion to win, he'll probably have to file his own motion to block the first one, which creates even more work. This doesn't seem like justice. This seems like the rule of law and justice seem like it's very different. (laughs) I don't know that you're wrong. I don't know. Like, I just hope I never fall afoul of the system. Yeah. Uh, and a class action suit seems and I'm a, like And a, I'm a white man living in the heartland of America. Like, sure. I should yeah. have every advantage given to me. Uh, Did you... You had a... a no, had a, I mean,
0: just class action, the, the work that comes with that seems the monumental. great rewards.
1: The class action yeah. seems like the lawyers make out like bandits.
0: Certainly. Because there's so much work to be done.
1: Um, sure. And they get,
0: you know, a percentage of the awards, which are apparently steep... Uh,
1: I, yeah. Was it, it surprising like that they were going to break off twenty percent of the reward? Uh, the reward? Yes, t- I thought that was extreme. I was expecting him to say five to maybe ten. I was thinking like max? we're going to hear things like two point five. Okay, you, they need to bat, which still on a twenty million dollar judgment is not. Well, so it was. It was twenty percent of some kind of
0: common, common pool of fun, funds yeah. from the
1: percentage of the law firms. Yeah. Awards. Yeah.
0: So. I imagine that it's like, like overall
1: probably like a a percent, yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, because yeah, you got to pay out the damages. I, yeah, fuck, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but I, I get forty eight th- responses to this next week. I got the impression <laughs> that it was far less than it sounded like, but still a good chunk of money for a, a, for a pretty Jimmy, good finder's yes. fee. Mm-hmm. If if one were to be so unethical as to pay said finder's fees, sure. Uh, Bill from New Jersey. Uh, for, as for Chuck and Jimmy, I was blindsided by that betrayal by staring directly into the headlights of the 20-ton Chuck truck speeding <laughs> toward me. The mm-hmm. Villigan and the Gould laid Chuck's betrayal bare, but I bought so much into the strength and tenderness of the McBill brothers' relationship. Chuck betraying Jimmy seemed so unlikely even in face of mounting evidence. Yeah. We saw Chuck's less-than-enthusiastic response to Jimmy's law degree. We saw Chuck make the phone call, and I'm sure we all assumed it was uh, the Hamlin... We noted Chuck's lack of response to his brother being forced out. And after all that, when Chuck finally comes clean, it was devastating. Mm -hmm. Especially since he didn't show. I mean, it was just a blatant contempt, man. It wasn't just confirming that he was the pig fucker. It was not only the pig fucker, but I also think you're a disgusting human being. And I'm only proud of you when you Uh are pushing a broom. Yikes. This is what, to me, resonates the most uh about chuck's betrayal all the pieces right there but the warm brotherly parts of the relationship did such a good job shielding the knife we never saw it coming i was shocked by the amount i care about these characters i feel sympathy for jimmy i feel wounded by chuck plus i'm reassessing what i thought i knew about hamlin maybe just a businessman put in a tough place by his partner that's kind of where i'm wondering like how bad is hamlin how good is Is what if what if Jimmy cooks it up to where Chuck gets kicked out of the law firm, and then becomes some kind of partner with HH and M? Wow, Uh, I don't know how. So they did
0: talk about how this could potentially be a violation of his non compete clause, right? Like Jimmy doesn't doesn't think it is. I don't think, that, but that, that's that's no longer... I mean, if you're going for the, the angle of Chuck gets kicked out, how do you do it without bankrupting HHM? Because it, it has been made abundantly clear that he, him leaving would kill this company. No, you're right. Him getting kicked out for violation of his contract would probably
1: nullify any kind of payments. Plus, Chuck is badass. Like, I, you know, at some point there is a little bit of you know can he really beat chuck if if yeah if some fear he called of... him out in a public court yeah i i don't know but there's a lot of things pointing like him saying i know chuck's agreement like the back of my hand or whatever uh-huh. folksy thing like the pig fucker uh that i shared a bed with whatever he said um yeah i i and and him just going full on chimp with a gun seems a little premature from where we're at in the series him going to get revenge on his brother in maybe a very slippy, J- slipping Jimmy kind of way, like a, um, you know, going back to his kind of like setup. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Chuck thinks that way and he's vulnerable in that particular area. Yeah, Jimmy knows how to con a man. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. If he uses those talents against his brother. Who knows what'll happen? Who knows? Uh, GHM from Washington says Peter Gould the ghoul mm-hmm. wrote and directed next week's finale. I wonder if we're going to finally see him or wait, I wonder if we're going to see him officially as Saul Goodman in his new office by the middle of the episode or whether it'll be a season ending scene. Regardless, I'm guessing Nacho will reenter his life. Once he does, you think we're going to get Saul Goodman's at his office? We you think we're going to get Saul Goodman at his office next episode. I say no.
0: Man,
1: uh, I don't think it's going to be that big fancy office.
0: But yeah, I could see that. Huh. Saul Goodman, huh? I, I don't know. I mean, we we talked about how the Villigan said that this is going to be, there, there's going to be a real reason that Jimmy changes his name. A betrayal on this level by his brother could force that. Um, I I might be okay with Saul changing his name next episode.
1: I don't know, I guess I'm still carrying a torch for the the Kim partnership. And I'm not saying that like yeah. I I don't feel the romantic angle, but I to me that's more of a satisfying uh that she's like, fuck you guys, the H H and M and goes in and it's not the big fancy office, but it's like mm-hmm. more towards that end than it is towards the, you know, bag motel that is Saul's office with the constitution and all that. Sure. And then something goes bad in the next season that forces him to go into full Saul mode. Yeah. Or at least get the name. Um, okay. But on the other hand, it would be also weird to have the main character. The show's called Better Call Saul, and he's Jimmy McGill through the entire s- first season.
0: Yeah, it does seem fitting to, to turn him into Better Call Saul. But n- not Better Call Saul. Turn him into Saul Goodman mm-hmm. in the first ep- uh,
1: season. I could see it. Moving on from Arctur in the Netherlands, Chuck may very well be a pigfucker and dishonest and ungrateful to his brother, unpopular opinion alert, but he's also right. Slipping Jimmy does not really deserve a high-end job as a lawyer. Ooh. He has a bullshit degree and has tried to con his way into the... Uh, apologies to all the land crabs uh, that we have listening. He has yeah. a bullshit degree and has tried to con his way into the firm and high-end cases at every turn. His motivation is big money and respect, not a love for the profession and helping people. I completely agree with Chuck and can understand his motivation for not wanting to have Jimmy hired. Even though his methods are questionable, as a viewer, I'm rooting for Jimmy. Just goes to show how well-rounded some of the supporting characters are in the show. I don't intellectually disagree with anything he's saying here. Sure. Except for, like, if you can pass the fucking bar and, and you can practice law, then, you know... I mean, there are tiers of lawyers, right? Good lawyers. Sure. Uh, not so great lawyers, bad lawyers. I, yeah. I think we have some very good friends of lawyers and it turns out like where you go to school matters a whole hell of a lot for your uh, future prospects. Like if you go to, yes, it does. if you go uh, to IU Bloomington, your prospects are here. You go to IUPUI School of the Robert McKinley School of Law, your prospects are more down here. Uh-huh. They're both fucking i u too but you know there is uh, that pedigree there's there it's it, it's very mm. much a pedigree
0: yeah i I don't know i I have a hard time saying that he does or doesn't deserve it because I don't know that we've seen a lot of his his abilities lawyering uh-huh I mean we've seen well, what I'm saying him is him connecting that... dots we've seen him being slipping Jimmy which is a negative against him but I think We haven't seen enough of his lawyering yet.
1: Well, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not saying you can't be a successful lawyer going to a lower tier law school. It's just everything's going to be harder. Absolutely. If you want a certain type of job, you probably are not going to get that. You know, like if you want if you want to be if you want a clerk for the Supreme Court and then you know work in the U.S. Attorney's Office, you probably need to go to one of the better law schools.
0: Why doesn't Jimmy take this case to another law firm? Is it because he can't, given that Chuck worked on it? It's HHM or nothing?
1: I don't know. One I can be which, I, mean, I can't remember which of the 48 lawyers this came from. It might have been even Doug L. But someone said that as a lawyer, the scale of HH&M is mind-boggling. Really? For okay. a company like Albuquerque to have hundreds of people to give that standing ovation – it's almost on stretch just the credibility the, – the believability that a law firm could have that many lawyers in that one location.
0: Huh, so it's okay. like
1: it could be the HHM and m is just a juggernaut. Yeah. Having said that, there's got to be dozens of other law firms that could take this case, and I'm kind of curious if it's such a slam dunk why he can't go to any of those make his own deal and become a – why does it have to be HHM? and
0: I think it's because Chuck, work, Chuck worked on the case, so – I don't know that any he can other just company, take away Chuck's... any other
1: company, H and M, could go in and say, "Well, we're going to have half," and this is automatically a much less attractive case.
0: Yeah, or I mean, Chuck maybe would just want to bar it. I yeah, I, I think it's tied up in Chuck's involvement in the case mm. somehow.
1: What a pig fucker! <laughs> glues a few, glues a few strips to a few manila folders, and now he's got half. Mm-mm-mm. Man, I would almost, I Mm-mm. almost wish that.
0: Jimmy wouldn't give them the case because of what Chuck's done, and then he would try to find another avenue for this thing.
1: I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Like, do you want revenge or do you want to go on and live with your life? I kind of live with the latter. Like, revenge is all fun and good, but I'd rather just just, write this person off. I'd rather just, yo, well, I fucked up here. I'm going to take my lot. I'm going to make, I'm going to pick the best case scenario for me and then move forward. And live, go on with my awesome life and fuck the haters. Sure. But I understand there's a lot of other people that are more towards the. There's a lot of vengeful people out there, yeah. Dish best, serve cold, and all that uh, Klingon yeah. proverbs. <laughs> Kapla, I think. Kapla, exactly, uh, yeah. yeah. Mazeltoff. <laughs> I don't think that's Klingon.
0: <laughs> As Ka the so. Conqueror said in the halls <laughs>
1: of Stovacor. Mazeltoff. <laughs> All right, how, how are we doing on feedback? Is that it? OPA, that's it. Okay. You want to send us more? Uh, BetterCastSaw at baldmove.com is your one-stop destination. Unless you're a lawyer, stay the fuck away. Unless you're a lawyer, <laughs> you need to submit uh, uh, a... <laughs> what form number? A form and triplicate to the law offices of Jimmy McGill Esquire in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, but you can send it at BetterCastSaw at baldmove.com. Uh, you can go on our forums at forums.baldmove.com. And engage in extensive litigation amongst your fellow uh <laughs> listeners. Uh-huh. you can follow our release schedule on Facebook.com slash bald move and on Twitter at Bald Move. That's it. That we're, is it. We're gonna be back. The next finale. Week.
0: Can you believe it? It's it's incredible that it came so fast because I I didn't
1: expect the season to already be over. Wait until Mad Men rolls around, well, my okay. friend. Yeah. That is going to be a whirlwind. Yeah, seven episodes. Which BT Dub uh if you're yeah. sad about Better Call Saul going away, uh you should tune into Mad Men and or Game of Thrones cuz I really like our podcast for those as well.
0: Yeah, we just started those back up. Game yep. of Thrones came out yesterday, Mad Men's going to be out today. Uh if you're if you want to hear more of the, the Jim and Aaron Train, I guess that's it. I guess that's your best option. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really selling it here. Sure. I know. Yeah. Uh thanks everybody for listening. Like I said, we'll be back next week with the finale episode. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Bye-bye.